this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 10, the finale of Season 1 of The Protector. And we're so excited to talk about it. We actually just had to like mute ourselves to stop talking about it offline and save the takes for all of you. So first, Sophia, oh no, first we're going to talk about tea. I'm drinking uh, an iced coffee again. I'm sorry, guys, to fail the title. But I feel like that's our, our thing now. Yeah, yeah I've, I don't even know if I've had, like, liquids today. No, I did have a cup of tea, like, three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I had coffee. I have coffee. I'm sorry, I'm not a big tea person, but I'll try. Hashtag Columbia. Hashtag every yeah. episode. <laughs> I know, sorry. I suck. So after that rejuvenating tea discussion, Sophia is now going to take this through what happened in this episode. Okay, so this episode starts off with um, where the previous one left off that Hakan, like he was, there was this very close take of his eyes just welling up with tears um, <laughs> in a homage to classic Hakan. But basically Hakan is overwhelmed because he's lost a lot of people that are close to him. And he decides he can't lose Layla as well. So he decides to uh, give in to Faisal and take off the shirt. And we finally found out how he takes off the shirt, which was very important to me. Um, <laughs> because it was a very important question that I had. And so he gives him his blood, the shirt, and the dagger. And so then Faisal leaves and sends these like goons to kill them. But Hakan mysteriously became really good at fighting and kills all of the goons. Um, and then for the first time in the end of that last episode and this episode and the start of this episode, Layla realizes or acts like she's actually been shot. And like from one second to the next, <laughs> randomly starts wailing in pain. So Hakan decides Harsh. to take Layla. <laughs> Takes, uh, well, it could be the adrenaline, but who knows? Uh, he decides to take Layla to the cistern um, so that Zainab can help like patch her up there. But they get there and Zainab is not there because obviously she was going to figure out how to get out of there. And Layla tells Hakan, apparently um, Faisal had told her that immortal blood can heal mortal people. So now we get the answer to why he could have or he could heal Layla's mother. And actually, he had offered to Layla that if she trapped Hakan, she would bring her mother back to not life, but like make her better. So Layla basically is dying. She says it's too late and she's lost too much blood. And so basically she tells Hakan that he loved, that she loves him and that she couldn't betray him when Faisal gave her the chance. And Hakan says he loves her too and promises they'll be together soon. So yeah, she dies. That was, it, she dies off screen as all the deaths on the show, which I still don't understand. So then we cut to Faisal at this old house full of spider webs everywhere. And we see from flashbacks that this is where he lived with Ruya. And it's the first time we see Madgan, who's another immortal, who basically starts this drama or, or something that I'm sure it's going to be in the next seasons, which is that the other immortals felt like Ruya and Faisal's relationship was putting them all in danger. Also because Faisal was very protective of Ruya, which... Madigan says, like, we're all immortals. We know how to defend ourselves. There's no need for you to be this overprotective with Ruya. 
And so, well, that's, that's the, the beginning of it. And then Zainab, we, we pan to Zainab. Zainab gets a phone call. It's from Hakan. She's in her car. Um, apparently she waited for Faisal to leave the, the Faisal and then followed him to wherever he is. So she's outside this house where we, we have those flashbacks. And Hakan is like super agitated. He says, you know, where are you? I need to meet you. And, and Layla says, no, like, stop it. You're the protector. You need to be saved. Like, let me just deal with this. Also, she probably thinks he's an idiot because I don't know if, if he tells her, but she somehow knows that, or it's kind of implied that she knows that he lost the dagger and the shirt. I don't know how she found out, but she <laughs> did. Um, She's met and, him before, so she knows oh, how much right, he popped okay. up. Okay. Oh, okay. Now I understand what he just said. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so... <laughs> So, like, Hakan's super insistent, and he's, like, bawling, like, going nuts, and Zainab is like, what is wrong with you? And he says, you know, Layla died. So then Zainab's like, okay, fine. That's enough reason for me to give you the address. Logic, which I don't understand, but whatever. Then we cut to Hagia Sophia. There's a professor, this horrible professor, who had this kind of love affair with Zainab earlier on, and he he decides that he's going to go in the rooms. But this woman, who's there for plot reasons, says... You can't go in the rooms without Faisal's permission. But he's like, I don't care. And when then we cut up. For plot reasons, I love that. For <laughs> that was amazing. That. That's amazing. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> it's true, though. Um, so then uh, we cut again to Zainab and Hakan outside of, the, of this house arguing. And it, this, like, now we, she does know for sure that he doesn't have the shirt or the dagger. And she gives him a gun because she says, like, at least you need to be protected. And then we cut back to Faisal inside the house again. He's smelling Ruya's clothes and he gets a phone call from a woman that we know from the subtitles. Her name is Banu. And she says, you know, I just walked into Leila's office. There's a bunch of dead people here. Like, there's no Hakan or Leila. And, she, and he's like, what? There's no Hakan or Leila? That's very weird. So then Hakan and Zainab walk into the house. Faisal's not there anymore. And... Hakan reveals that he brought Layla, dead Layla, in the car um, <laughs> and is hoping to get Faisal's blood to revive her. Um, and they just decide to search the whole house to see if they find any clues. Then we cut to our friend, the professor, who we don't like, opening stuff in the rooms. He goes through that chalice that we had already seen that you guys said was the blood sacrifice chalice. Like, now we know more about that chalice. And he starts, like, he, he finds... I don't know if he touches the chalice and the room opens or he just realizes that there's a room in the back. Um, you guys can correct me because I'm not entirely sure. And obviously, like, we see kind of a shadow behind him. We assume it's Faisal and Faisal, like, kills him with the dagger and then gets, like, a random bandana that I have no clue why he would have that random bandana to clean the blood off of the dagger. And so then as Zainab and Hakan are searching the house, they find some drawings and turns out that they're Byzantine-style angel wings from, like, that they somehow make the tie to Hagia Sophia because it's the kind of art that would be there. Then, like, Hakan remembers that Leila told him that it was unusual for, for Faisal to invest in this Hagia Sophia project because it's not going to give them any profit. And clearly, he's a very profit-driven businessman. So they have this banter and they, find, they kind of realize that, the, that all the immortal tombs are inside of Agia Sophia. So then we, we cut back again to Faisal. He's going in through that kind of door that we had seen 
it looks kind of like the Basilica Cistern, I think. I'm not entirely sure, um, but it could be. And he opens uh, Ruya's tomb, which are kind of like very typical classical sarcophagus, sarcophagi, like open, like slides open the the stone, and she's there just intact with like dead, with like these very creepy hoods on their heads. So Zainab and Hakan arrive at Hagia Sophia, and they kind of have a discussion about who's going to go in because. You know, Zainab is, this whole episode, she's just very inclined to not let Hakan put himself in danger. Like, she just lost her father. Her father said, like, the only thing you need to do is protect the protector because he can't die. And so they have this whole discussion, but then Zainab says, I have a plan. So that's where we, what we know. So we see Hakan walking in and Faisal is serving the blood inside the chalice that we had seen a couple of episodes ago. And he's like about to put it in Ruya's hands. And then we hear Hakan screaming his name frantically. And so they have this like confrontation and they have this whole discussion. And he's like, because Hakan has his gun out and, and Faisal's like, what are you going to do to me with that gun? Like, that's obviously not going to do anything to me. And he says like, I know what you really care about. And he shoots the chalice and his blood is just spilled on the floor, which makes Faisal incredibly angry. <laughs> like for the first time he's showing emotion, like, very intensely it's really scary and he says you know like I wish we could have been friends like we could have we like we could have gotten along but your father like destroyed my life because he killed Ruya humans are evil and like they destroyed Hagia Sophia they like raided everything and like lit it on fire and all this sort of stuff um but like they have this whole confrontation where basically they declare to each other that they won't rest till the other one is dead which is obviously the premise of the show. Um, <laughs> and so he, he manages to be, like hit Hakan pretty hard. Hakan's on the ground. Um, but then he starts like hysterically laughing, which is kind of scary. But it turns out that in this whole confrontation, Zainab had taken the dagger from Faisal, is able to slide it to him, and Hakan stabs Faisal in the abdomen with the dagger. But all of a sudden, like very dramatically, all of Hakan's blood starts flowing to the different sarcophagi. And now we find out, unfortunately, that his action made it so that every immortal is going to be revived. <laughs> um, Whoops. And, and like Hagia Sophia starts to like crumble. I don't know if it's going to fall or something. But Faisal and Ruya run away. So this, to me, is kind of an indication that they, they are like, the two of them are like separate from the other immortals, probably because the other immortals think that their relationship is, is a bad idea. Uh, but Zainab also is on the ground. I think like some stone falls and like takes like tumbles, make, I mean, makes her fall. And then we see Layla kind of waking up because Zainab had already put the blood on her lips, but she wasn't waking up. And then all of a sudden uh, Layla wakes up and she looks very zombie-like. So I'm very curious as to what, how she's going to be. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so a few things happened. So a couple <laughs> things happened. <laughs> yeah. going to move on to the banter portion of this episode so we can scream about what just happened <laughs> <laughs> we have a new segment we're calling it sammy screams 
for 30 <laughs> seconds. You might want to turn your volume down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I do have to say, I ha- like I like the other episode, the previous episode better than this one because I thought there was like many more like <gasps> moments like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Although the in, like reviving all the immortals was a pretty shocking moment. And Layla dying was also a pretty shocking moment. But again, like, for some parts of the episode, I was like, okay, Layla's going to die. But she can't. Like, it was the same as Mazar. Like, she can't die for real. And actually, she didn't. I mean, she died, but sort of didn't die. I don't know what to call that. But yeah, I, I do think I liked the previous episode better. I don't know what you guys think. I think, like, yeah, I agree. I think the la- the previous episode was all of the really exciting stuff. And then this episode yeah. is more like setting up for next season. Except um, he just, oh my God, I, I can't believe Hakan revived all the immortals. Like how? Classic Hakan. It literally, it took them 500 years to kill six of these people, not people. And then Hakan two <laughs> weeks to revive all of them. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be some kind of losing record. On brand. Yeah. Oh, the only two words I can think of there. It's true. Yeah, I can't imagine what's going through Zainab's mind through all of this. Like, oh my god. Like, what a, what a waste. Can I go? <laughs> I'm gonna move somewhere else. Kill seems me like now. Only, seems like they only care about Istanbul. Let me, like, move to Izmir. I don't exactly. know. That's what I would be thinking. <laughs> so I have a really dumb note that really has nothing to do with the actual plot. Well, kind of has something to do with the actual plot, but I was just curious how you guys felt about this, if, if it's indeed as dumb as I think it is. I like if someone was like, "Yo, extract your own blood." Here's a knife. I wouldn't know how to do that without like killing myself. Like, I feel like I would like cut the wrong, <laughs> the wrong part of my arm or like like go way overboard with it, mm. and then I need to go to the ER or like <laughs> I would chicken out and be like, "No, ouch, that would hurt." No. I just props to Hakan for like knowing instinctively to like sli- gently squeeze the dagger to get. <laughs> I just feel like there's got to be less. Like, you use your hands a lot, especially when you're going to be punching people, and maybe yeah. there's another area of your body that you could bleed from. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah there's definitely a lot of areas, but I your feel finger. like I personally would have, like, shot myself up. Adrenaline drenched. Don't do that. Also, they couldn't go to the ER because the whole, like, part of the premise of this show is that they don't go to the hospital. Like... Yes. One of my notes for the episode is why doesn't he just take Layla to the hospital? Like, there's going to be nothing. Like, she's not weird in any way that it would be an issue for her to go to the hospital. Because, of course, yeah, for Hakan, yeah. if he's wearing the shirt, well, A, he would never have to go to the hospital, but I guess, like, it would be more of an I issue. Think when there's a gunshot wound, though, they're obligated to file some kind of, well, at least in the U.S., mm. you're obligated to file a police report on mm. rules in Turkey, but I just assume that they didn't want anyone asking questions. Also, like, any kind of a male relation bringing an injured female to a hospital mm-hmm. is like, did you do that? You probably did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I would have that view too. So. I feel like that's not enough of a worry to justify literally killing her through neglect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, but, uh, no, but they, haven't, they never took, um, oh my God, what was his father's name? His uh, adoptive father. Uh, I his name. But Nishet. Nishet, yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, I was that was test that was just a test I knew, <laughs> uh, but like they never. I mean, they immediately did like half-assed surgery in the cistern for him too. So yeah. Also, I want to reiterate my earlier comment that Hakan was born and raised in the Grand Bazaar. 
He's and very proud of that fact. He easily has his 10,000 hours of negotiating practice, and yet he's literally just doing whatever <laughs> Faisal says. I don't understand. Like, literally, he spent his entire life negotiating with people. Couldn't he have just, like, tripped him with his feet or something? <laughs> I, mean, like, I feel so like there's a thousand things could happen. Why did he give him the shirt? He didn't need the shirt for anything. No, because he need he needed to take the shirt off. He needed to take it off, but he didn't need to give it to him. Hmm. That's oh, a good point. I was saying this off off mic earlier. Like, y'all will see. Literally everything comes back to that moment where he handed that shirt and bag over. Like the next three seasons didn't need to happen. I mean, I'm glad they happened because we have this podcast now. But like, <laughs> what a waste of everyone's time in that universe. <laughs> Yeah, that was wild. But also, tiny props to Hakon for being much better at, like, beating people up and shooting things, even yeah. without the shirt. He got the goons. Like, and he and... looked good doing it, which yeah. is also important. Right. Right. Yeah, actually, true. Net, 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 net he won, actually, this episode. Net he, he won because he has a six-pack <laughs> and he can shoot people without yep. a shirt. <laughs> So who, oh did my we, God. who are the casualties of this episode? Orkun, the beloved professor. Really <laughs> Leila, kind of. We lost. Leila, as we, as we know her, most likely. Yeah, I mean, there's seen. no way that zombie Leila is going to be a totally fine thing. If we've learned anything from the fantasy <laughs> genre, it's that yeah. coming back yeah. from the dead is not good. Yeah. Well, and also, like, she's... Except for she's, <laughs> he has to marry Zainab. Like we know that he has to marry Zainab. So I wonder what, like, how that's gonna end. I feel like like he's gonna have to kill Layla as like a, you know, like a pious thing. Like, does her zombie existence is like so not enough compared to her real self that he's gonna have to like kill her? Like he's gonna be like, like, you don't satisfy me, zombie Dana. <laughs> no. no, 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 not like that. But like her zombie version, like there's probably something off. Like I'm just, I'm just assuming. But like he'll have to like mercy gross. kill her and marry Zainab. Like it's gonna be like a Hunger Games kind of ending, where you're like, <laughs> oh. she ends up with Peta, but you really wanted her to end up with Gale. So oh it's like no, really sad. that would be terrible. And then why couldn't we have also brought Kemal's dead body to the crypts and do some zombifying of him? Didn't even, didn't even need to do it in the crypts. Could have just done it anywhere. 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 Oh, that's so sad. And his body's probably, like, who knows what dead yet did to his body. That's so sad. I know. Or and he just, just died yesterday. Away. Like, I don't know why Zadev's completely forgotten about him. Oh, <laughs> That's a good point. That's so sad. I'm so and sad Ma- now. And Mazar, poor guy. They could have resurrected him, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mazar was really a victim in all this. Yeah. A yeah. creepy oh, but victim. I think, I think Mazar was becoming a liability to, to Faisal. For sure. Like, if not, he would have already killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Another sidebar for me. That's all I'm going to be good for in this episode, because I feel like <laughs> if I talk about anything real, I'm just going to spill all the spoilers. So we're going to keep the to sidebars <laughs> from, from the last episode. I know every single listener is like, where's Ezgi's update about the letter opener? Oh my God, Here you're you right. It. <laughs> yeah, sorry people <laughs> to keep you waiting. Um, we rewatched it 
together right after recording the last episode because it was so important to us to serve you, our listeners, this information. Um, not at all about me proving myself right. Uh, the letter opener indeed had a thin film of liquid, which is actually red, not orange. I like wanted to be orange because that's grosser, but just kind of looked like a little tiny bit of blood, like way less than if you actually stabbed yourself in the neck. Yeah. But so I, everyone can rest easy. Wow. That's all. I'm so glad yeah. we solved that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I have another yep. kind of sidebar from the episode. So shocked about how ugly that house was on the outside versus how it was on the inside. <laughs> Which it house? Made me uh, angry. Faisal's house? Yeah. So ugly on the outside. It looked the inside's really kind of ugly too. Yo, like that furniture's yeah. so dated. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very dated. But they're like a thousand have... years old, literally. I mean, imagine yeah. trying to keep up with like modern tastes if you're a thousand years old. That would really yeah. be tough. I mean, 50 years would feel to you like a second, right? Nothing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, her like her wardrobe, Ruya's wardrobe, and like weirdly Faisal wearing those suspenders, like they made it seem like it's like the 60s. Yeah, because of what she's wearing, but it can't be the sixties. It was it like was the nineties, right? Yeah, yeah or like the eighties like or something. Yeah, yeah, or no, early nineties, so, early nineties. Yeah, that was very confusing to me. Like how suspenders can magically convey that you're another time period. <laughs> I don't. You sure as hell wouldn't wear that today, so it must be old. <laughs> and also, um, Madigan makes that comment like, "Oh, you look so human now," like because she curls her hair, and it's like stupid <laughs> so stupid <laughs> like what are they supposed to do dress in cloaks because they're from the 1500s or whenever <laughs> yeah i really when i first watched the show i read way too much into that comment by him that you like look too much like humans because i was expecting like in the next seasons to show them looking like i don't know aliens or demons or something and they yeah. all looked exactly as human as they always have. <laughs> so, so i don't know stupid I think this is now the beginning of my Karapara Ashk segment for this episode because I was so excited when Merigan walked in because on Karapara Ashk, as all of you know, he plays Metin, who later turns out to be Fatih Dundar, and he is amazing. <laughs> he's in love with Nilufair. He starts out like, oh my god, he's so evil, because that's like, you know, how he looks. And then it's like, oh wait, no, he's like sexy, and he's in love and he's actually a good guy so he's great i'm so excited he's gonna be on the show he played this character i think he was called literally the butcher in this, in this crime <laughs> drama i watched and he like all he like owns a restaurant and he like cuts people up and like that has, seems on brand kind of yeah yeah so i but like also I like the version of him on your show better because that's the one like nice role i've ever heard him yeah i mean he's he's still a little problematic but he's definitely a good character okay and then also i sat next to him on a plane one time what yeah i was did you know who he was or were you like damn this man's tall and then you're like damn that tall man is on the show (laughs) i was flying back from turkey and he came on the plane and he was so tall and then all the like flight attendants were totally fawning over him the whole time oh. and so i was like oh so he must be famous and so i decided he was was in this the last NBA. year was this in no May? no no this was like a oh. couple like four years ago probably oh shit okay and um i decided he was an nba player and then he popped oh. up on karapana ashk and i was like oh my god we're bros you guys remember when we were on the same flight as a famous Turkish singer and literally no one cared except me, including <laughs> my mom, who I texted about it. She was like, okay. 
sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we couldn't divorce. <laughs> it's fine. It's I'm not a fan. Well, we were also on the same plane as uh as Davuto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, who was the, the other person minister. that we were on a plane with? Uh Selami Shahin, who's a singer, like a more he was more famous in like the 80s but he was oh, wait, on our I flight think... to gaziantep and i was like oh my dad and then i texted <laughs> well i told you guys and you were like okay and then i texted which was fine i like expected that and i texted my mom and she was like you woke me up because it was the middle of the night in the u.s like you woke me up for this <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's double, the most exciting that's ever happened was, to your daughter <laughs> Davutolu was was exciting remember he like ended up sending really nice. like a caravan to see he if sat, we were okay he, he sat by uh joe who we yeah. love and one on the podcast yeah shout out to joe he just promised us that he was gonna listen to this and joe who actually uh, recognized him didn't he like i don't know if the rest of us recognized Mm -hmm. him immediately Mm -hmm. yeah no joe's awesome he's so smart Wait, but don't you guys think that that house is really ugly on the outside? I'm obsessed. I think the whole, everything is ugly. I I everything see, like, is like, ugly. I'm also so not interested if Ruya turns out to be like nice little wifey immortal. Like I really hope that she has more than she has displayed in this episode. For sure. In this episode, she just looks like little like nice Stepford victim. And like, I that would really piss me off if she was just lame. Yeah, I, also, say, I don't think um, the immortals have like genders or gender roles, so you can oh, be interesting. excited. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. No, I mean, I'm just I'm making I'm making up the gender thing. I don't know what their species <laughs> uh, is okay. or if they have genders or not, but like they definitely all hold their own. So something to look forward to. And <laughs> question: Are Megan and Pidaye like normal names? I feel like they're really uh, unusual names. They're like yeah, they're like I mean, Megan sounds like almost like you know central asian to me like they would hmm. name the mongolian villains on uh the <laughs> era shows like Magan. in my in, i don't know Pidaya is a is a name that exists but it's very it's very old-fashioned i would say like hmm. faisal is also not unheard of i think it's got an arabic or a persian yeah word, but it's not unheard of but it's still like not the most common name ria is a pretty i would say a fairly common hmm. name a uh, woman's name uh, and i, I don't remember all of the other immortals names now but they're all kind of old-fashioned which okay. is like i mean makes also, sense also unclear if they've had the same name the whole time or if they like take on new identities I don't they know. should i mean you know? that would make yeah. more sense yeah we shall meet them though next next episode i think That's oh exciting. crap yeah. i'm wow. excited that's wild i had some little like nitpicks so when hakan is dragging soon to be dead layla out of the building in his really shitty rescue attempt. He handled that so well. All yeah. Of it. <laughs> they just like get into this random car that's unlocked and drive off. No, I think it's his car. No. Is it? Does he have a car? Well, he, then he takes a very, like a weird, like SUV to the house. And also like who, the, like, why doesn't he put the dead person in the trunk? He puts her in the back seat, like with her head, like looking down. <laughs> but like, if, if he gets stopped by the police or like anyone, like they're gonna be like, "Why do you have a dead person in your, in your back seat?" Uh, <laughs> drive. It's fine. Great point. <laughs> I mean, also, that's good. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that. I mean, also, like dead people, like shit themselves and pee their pants. Like, yeah. I would not want that on my back seat. Yeah. Sophia is also like deathly afraid of dead people, dead people? slash yes. skeletons slash crypts. <laughs> 
So <laughs> my, actually my favorite memory with Sophia was <laughs> going into this crypt under a church oh, in Bulgaria and she oh, didn't God. have her glasses so she couldn't yeah, I lost one of my contacts. <laughs> and um, we kind of got lost down there because it was a bit of a maze and she oh, was absolutely losing her mind. It was amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Do not recommend going into a crypt blind literally and so disoriented i don't know that was terrifying i hate i hate crits like i can't i went to the catacombs in lima and i will never go to any other catacomb ever god but somehow i decided to do my my senior project on a cemetery and i spent like weeks in a cemetery but i mean that's what maybe maybe that's the cause and effects maybe that's what damaged you no, I was damaged before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been damaged for a while. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I was deathly afraid of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride because it had skulls everywhere. Mm. Normal. Balance. I, yeah. I think it all goes back to... Um, did you guys oh. ever watch the, the Tintin TV show? No. No. Well, they we, had like a... We didn't have like cute Belgian comics in the US. Oh. Well, they had like a, there's a Tintin um, series where this mummy revives in the middle of the night and like goes and does like does mischief. Um, <laughs> As mummies and, do. A mischievous mummy. <laughs> that, that was, that was the start of my fear. It's from the, it's from the Seven Crystal Balls comic mm-hmm. of the Tintin series. We will Do not read it, it to children. Sure. Yes. Good, good to know. <laughs> We're all over that before the next episode, Sophia, believe us. I also wanted to talk about the goons that Faisal sends in to murder Hakan and Layla. Because obviously, yeah, that was really stupid and just a plot device so that they're not actually dead. Weird that Faisal wouldn't kill him himself. Yep. But they seem to like not be phased by the fact that Mr. Businessman was like pointing a gun at these people and wanted to murder his general coordinator I was say that too. so i'm wondering if there's like a whole different like immortals security apparatus that mazar For was sure. just not a part of For sure mm-hmm. i think like so a whole other I think that has to be. But maybe he was a part of it Yeah maybe We don't know We don't know Hakan wasn't <laughs> Yeah obviously not so yesterday but my I, english was failing me and i wrote ghouls instead of goons so i just wanted to show that <laughs> that's awesome yeah that was part of what we had been talking about how like he has an army of goons yeah that we haven't seen yet because he must but now we have yeah Yeah, it's not like you can uh keep an operation going for a thousand years without some army of goons but how do they recruit them like goons wanted no idea i mean maybe there's a opposite of the loyal ones like organization and they're inducted from birth who knows? It has to be, Ooh. I assume. But this is the the fact that their tombs were in Hagia Sophia just ties in more and more to my theory that it's immortals that are like Byzantine warriors trying to save the city from Islam or something. <laughs> I actually love that theory. <laughs> I love that theory, but who on the like Turkish like film and TV censorship board would approve something like mm-hmm. that getting filmed? <laughs> but. but it, I mean, the good guy is the is the protector who's Muslim and everything. So, right. I mean, <laughs> my question I don't see is why. like, do do you think? Because Faisal had to start this whole renovation project to get access to the crypts, right? So, yeah. 
did he bury Ruya there or did she just like when she died like apparate to her tomb? <laughs> you know? Love the uh, Harry Potter language. Question that just will never be answered, I think, honestly. <laughs> I don't think there's an answer to that question ever on the series. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, like, he must have had access to Agia Sophia beforehand. And like where are the people who like guard antiques and stuff? Because like even if he's the contractor, he probably wouldn't have access to those rooms in any case. There has to be security guards somewhere, but I, I assume he murdered them just like our favorite professor, R.I.P. I, I need to, uh, pun intended, kind of resurrect a question I had earlier <laughs> um, in the podcast, I don't know how many episodes ago, where we were debating, is Mazar the immortal? And we were like, okay, that makes more sense because he's like a lower profile person, you know, mm. in the public eye than Faisal. And I was like, yeah, it would be wild if Faisal were the immortal and he amassed a giant fortune and became a famous businessman and nobody noticed he was, like, not aging. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck? How is that possible that people weren't like, oh, it's been, like, 20 years since your career started and you still look 50? (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, we're going to talk about vampire myths later on, but like, you know, poor Edward Cullen had to move like every eight years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> right. Like people would notice that he's not aging. And also why do they stay middle-aged forever? So like, were they born middle-aged or like, or are they, or did wearing, they take like, some sort of potion thing like when they were middle-aged? Men in black style, like human suit. Ew. Yeah. Like go begs the question again, what's in there? Yeah. <laughs> Do they poop? Bugs. <laughs> oh, like so in Men in Black. So gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so Faisal gets stabbed with a dagger, but it doesn't seem to bother yeah. him at all. Yeah, well, he does scream a little bit or like whatever, makes some sound in pain. Mm-hmm. And then he sees Rian all better. Yeah. Well, I guess he does have some, yeah, like, padding true. in the abdomen region that right. could, you know, help him out. <laughs> but but, but isn't the, isn't the dagger the only thing that can kill them? Yeah, yeah. so it, I guess it's not so much like, a, like you know, with the White Walkers and the, you know, yeah. it Dragon doesn't, Black. like, yeah immediately. Yeah, just, yeah like, it, it seems like he needed to get stabbed in the heart, but, like, does he have a heart? Right. Yeah. What's in there? And, and where is it if it's yeah. in there? Just keep stabbing him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the... And then the other thing that... I think I had this question earlier, but it's like... So was Faisal... Was he just not home when Ria got slashed? And, like, the old protector never saw Faisal? Like, again, like, how did just nobody know his identity? True. Well, also, he comes in... Like, they they do show a flashback to that where he just walks in and, like, grabs her dead body and cries. But I guess, yeah, there were no, I mean, what a shitty protector (laughs) his father was, like, go, like, look for some clues or something, like, of other objects that could point to someone else. Also, when we saw the flashback of dad in the shower washing off, he had so much blood all over him, like, did he not know that was the elixir of life? Like, you should not just be washing that down the shower drain, like, what the fuck? That's a great point. Sorry, I should have saved that for what the fuck, but. Well, so he, like. I think from from the images they like he like slid her throat because I I don't know if I made that up but I think in the flashbacks yeah. they show him I think you're right 
So I guess we now know that they must slit the throat. I guess, but like again, or they I've... just need a like a mortal wound on a human. Hmm. I did think yeah. that was really cool, though. Like the symmetry of the protector's blood can heal the immortals, and the immortals' bloods can heal humans. Like that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I like that magic. Yeah, that is cool. Definitely makes you wonder what the connection is with something with blood. <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> Oh, when Zainab and Hakan, so they're like going into the Hagia Sophia and Zainab's like, wait, you don't have any armor or the dagger. Let me, here, let me arm you. And then she just pulls out a little handgun. Like yeah. she couldn't have gotten some Kevlar vests or something. Nope. That seems like a real <laughs> oversight to me. Mm. She's like, oh, I forgot how this works. Here's the gun. This usually works <laughs> in other situations. Yeah, it does seem though, just like thinking... Uh, forward no i mean and not giving spoilers but and thinking back like it really seems like the healing powers of is like purely for they and they only like I, I have no idea why they don't mm-hmm. like why they didn't do that for kemai or anyone else like it's so stupid but i also That's think they annoying. didn't they didn't know that because remember that Leila's the one that tells that to to yeah. hakan it could yeah, have just been at least going why back, not go they back didn't have and, that information yeah but why not go back and, like, you know, yeah. resurrect some of the fallen soldiers? Test it out. We've lost a lot of people, you know? My darling yeah. Emir, his body is probably at the shipyards, just waiting. In some container. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He'd really be a zombie, though. He'd be partially decayed. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how it works when they're, like, dead for a while. Because one thing is that they can heal humans, and the other thing is that they can revive them. Like, I felt like I had that doubt when I was watching the show because I was like, oh, well, but if Layla dies, like, is there any hope? And there is, apparently. But I, it's weird that they grouped those two because usually, like, it would have to be way stronger to revive someone than to just heal them. Mm-hmm. Very, Definitely. Very and she useful. was real dead. Mm. I did, yeah. like, think it was pretty funny that Layla has always been, like, such an object in this show. And in this episode, she goes from being a damsel in distress to be rescued. And now, and then at the end, she's like literally sleeping beauty, except she's waiting for true love's like blood <laughs> instead of kiss. A little bit darker. Yeah. But yeah, poor Layla. She's had it rough. She should um, definitely quit her job. There's nothing to generally coordinate anymore. <laughs> well, I wonder how, how the company's going to keep operating and stuff. Because like now, they like now, obviously, there's no chance of them being in the same space with Faisal. So who's going to be the new security dude? Well, and also, he was not shy about telling people that he had a dead wife. Yeah. So she's just going to be like, oh, I was mistaken. She wasn't (laughs) dead. She's fine. She just left me. Yeah. I feel like that company's just going to stop existing. He's just going to be like, fuck it. Take my name down from the building. We're done. Faisal. I remember when I told you guys that Javidan means like eternal in mm-hmm. Turkey. Full circle baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like everything was pointing to Faisal being the immortal. I feel kind of dumb for not having been more convinced of that. I was pretty sure that it was him. Me too. But No, I wasn't. Not when I first watched it. Mazar but... <laughs> was a good bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Bro.
And also, like, the actor was pretty good because when they show him, like, being really sad about his family and stuff, like, definitely shows, like, a different face of him. It might have been the slightly longer hair, which made him look more, I don't know, innocent (laughs) somehow. So today in our history section, we are going to talk about vampire myths because we realized last episode that the immortals really have a lot in common with vampires. So vampire myths are found all over the world in ancient cultures from Europe all the way to China. And they all have different rules associated with them, but some similarities that they feed on the blood of the living. Um, that they are usually undead or like were buried and then reawakened. And actually the word vampire is pretty recent. And also their allergy to the sun is a pretty recent invention. So old vampires weren't allergic to the sun. They just preferred to do their work at night. And they had some really disgusting ways of dealing with them. So... (laughs) Eski and I went to a museum under the town square in Krakow. Oh, yeah. And they used to bury vampires with, like, their head up their ass to prevent Ew. them from reawakening, <laughs> literally. So they, you could find skeletons that are arranged like that. Should have tried that with the immortals in those yeah. sarcophagi. I mean, good luck Ew. bringing the blood. How do they do <laughs> Like, who who has a job of actually doing that to the dead body? Like, I would hate that job. They did so some I, really fucked up things to the body. I'm going to be late for dinner, honey. I need to put someone's head up their ass. <laughs> but also, vampire. they're already dead. Ew. Yeah, they would they decapitate they the dead their... body. And then... Ah, yeah. I thought they did it with, like, those heads still attached. Uh, you're thinking <laughs> of some contortionistic shit. No. <laughs> It, I, I have so many questions, but I don't know if I want to ask them. This is, I mean, so don't disgusting. you regret not coming to Krakow when I lived there? Like, this is I really obviously regret things it, you could but... have seen. <laughs> Ew. She would have, I would have died. That I, would, I, I, yes. I would have never been able to sleep again if I had gotten <laughs> Also, how did they know who was a vampire, in theory? Um, I don't know, they didn't pray enough, probably? They suspected, uh, usually it was, like, suicide victims or, like, troubled people that they were worried about coming back. So probably people with mental illnesses? Yeah, probably. That's awful. And witches, of course, because women are, of course, terrible. Of course, yes. (laughs) That's not surprising, yeah. So I think some of the things that we noticed that were similar between immortals and vampires were the undead nature... The fact that they're being resurrected from crypts, they drink, are drinking blood in order to do so. Um, he clearly has some sort of crazy like charisma, which I feel like, at least in Twilight, was a feature of vampires. To be able to convince Daria and a lot of other people to jump ship and work for him. And... Rich? yeah like the whole like yeah the whole sexy rich thing is definitely at least in recent vampire media yeah yeah i want to clarify that i do not find faisal sexy what (laughs) you and only you (laughs) oh god he's so creepy looking he's like so on like he's got just such a dad bod without like also i mean it's actually his shield right his dagger shield right right. it's so it's strategic 
But also, if they're immortal, wouldn't that mean that they can't gain or lose weight? That's what I'm saying. I feel like yeah. yeah do they, they eat? Can't... I don't. Vampires know. don't eat. But they do. I mean, he was at that restaurant in the Faisal with. <laughs> I don't know if they were eating. I just remember them drinking red wine. Yeah. yeah. Also, is it just me like being a wine ignoramus, or did that wine just look like fruit punch? Like it just totally didn't no, look I, like I think wine. They, for TV shows, they do like not like some liquids that either look really yellow for like white wine which does not look that much like white wine and like <laughs> children I don't are know, like oh, I, i'm never gonna drink it looks like yeah. <laughs> i don't understand why don't they they don't just use like something that really looks like wine but i guess it's for yeah. like camera reasons or prop uh, reasons okay okay i anyway. have no clue i have to ask my friend who works in the movie business oh do they want to come on the podcast if you could have through. <laughs> <laughs> we prioritize everyone equal. <laughs> Do you have any fun, like, Slavic vampire knowledge from living in Poland, Eski? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the only mythology that has, or that I would hear about at this point would be very heavily influenced by like Bram Stoker and the, and mm. who, who wasn't Slavic. He was, I think Irish, but lived in England. Anyway, the author of Dracula. Um, so he took a lot. So first of all, every kind of subsequent vampire book, short story, film, etc., has come from the Dracula myth. And that came a lot from, I think, Slavic folklore. So I think the, mm. I think Transylvania with all the castles and stuff and the, the that book, uh, Dracula the novel has some Roma characters uh, who are, I mean, I think derogatorily referred to as gypsies in the, in the text, of course, but the Roma people who lived in that, in that part of um, Romania and they were, you know, travelers. Um, they were the storytellers, I think, in Dracula, who conveyed it to the, the, the English lawyer who comes to Transylvania to meet with Dracula um, at the beginning. So I think he, I don't know if he personally paid a visit to that part of the world, but definitely took some of the local mythology in. I, honest to God, don't know enough to say like whether the garlic thing and the, you know, the steak thing is, is his invention or was local myth, but it is clear that the sunlight, the, you know, exclusive operating at night rather, and then the, the garlic, the aversion to Christian symbols, that all comes from that novel, Dracula. And I think it was also, it, it was published right around the same time that the Jack the Ripper murders were happening. So it was kind of, I mean, the mood of the time was very, you know, people were very concerned mm -hmm. about this very bloodthirsty murderer. And then this was, <laughs> I mean, I think it definitely lit a, uh, a spark in Bram Stoker's mind for a different kind of a bloodthirsty murder. Um, and yeah, because this, this, obviously this real life figure was never caught or found, or th at least that we know of for sure. Vlad so. the Impaler? No, no, no. Jack the Ripper. <laughs> oh, oh, so like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, would, I could see myself being like, they never found him. All these women yeah. died. This book came out. Maybe it was just a vampire that got vampire. from Romania. Yeah could happen makes sense but also oh. i what i think is is interesting like tying back like how vlad the impaler ties into turkey i think yeah they, there was like an ottoman campaign he like all the people that he impaled were ottoman soldiers weren't they or something well he was at um, he was, vlad the impaler was directly at war with mehmed the conqueror actually mm -hmm. so, so 
that time period. Um, Whoa, so that time period when the immortals were happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and uh, yeah, that's how he, I mean, at the point, yeah, his, his enemies were the Ottoman soldiers and the Ottoman mm-hmm. Empire did end up taking uh, Transylvania and, for, for, and held it for a long time. And actually, the, there was this movie, I need to Google the name right now, excuse me. I'm also like very scared of like images of vampires, so I don't want to search Dracula because I feel like it's going to scare me. <laughs> but anyway, there was, so I'm not going to do that actually. But there was a movie that came out a few years ago, I think it was like Dracula Rising or Dracula Untold, something like that. Someone else can Google it who isn't as much of a weenie as I am. Um, I am but... equally as scaredy as <laughs> okay. I used to be. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes we know this is being recorded and people will hear this so um, but anyway this movie the premise of it is that dracula is actually not a bad guy the ottomans killed his wife and family so he's just taking revenge on the nasty ottomans so actually dracula oh, crap. so yes the the yeah the- dracula untold okay i was okay so that was there were like it was so weird but there were a couple years where there was just a bunch of like anti-Ottoman slash anti-Turkish propaganda movies and yeah. I don't really understand why they happened. I mean for me yeah for me it was like like that particular movie I was like wow you hate like a Mus- this Muslim civilization so much that you're like absolving a mythic villain. That's <laughs> crazy. To your point like this is like everyone was in agreement that Dracula was bad until you, you went out <laughs> not compared to win. the Muslims. <laughs> yeah so that, that was mind-blowing to me but yes so they were um at the same at the same time uh, happening at the same time so yeah maybe you guys are on to something. I sincerely hope the version of me who hasn't seen this entire series twice sincerely <laughs> hopes that uh there won't be any visual vampire things happening gotcha. <laughs> but let's um, one of the favorite things that i found in my research was that in uh china and in europe there was a myth that vampires had like ocd so if you would place like <laughs> a bunch of people with sand on the ground or rice on the ground, they would have to stop and count every single grain and you could stop them that way. Wow. So I think that Hakon should definitely try just pouring a bag of sand in front of Faisal and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh man. I, I love these like little, like you mentioned earlier, Sammy, like these little rules that all of the the mythologies have like just people were like really hoping for some way out of this horrific demise they were like oh let's try rice let's try sunlight it's fine it was actually also in in the indian subcontinent as well interesting yeah it also makes you think that well okay of course the fear of death and the fascination with immortality all of that and the fear of darkness all these things are very primal human fears and thoughts but it does make you wonder all these different time periods, all these different civilizations having very similar, you know, creatures. Oh like, yeah. Like the uh, Chupacabra. Yeah. Also is the same thing. Yeah. That's always very eerie to me. Cause uh, but the truth also is that there are actual animals who actually like do drink blood from other animals. Oh, so it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not think about it. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> all right so i think we've done that yeah i wish i'd done more uh research on this because now i'm seeing something about like 
a lesbian vampire? What on earth? Oh. <laughs> there yeah, think, there's, there's a lot of really interesting stuff. There's a novel called Carmilla that came out before Dracula about a lesbian vampire. Wow. Bram <laughs> Stoker. Wild. So now we're going to move on to our WTF section. This is wide open. doesn't have to be Hakan, although obviously Hakan is the worst fuck-up in the history of fuck-ups in this episode. So <laughs> who wants to take it away? Oh, my God. There's so many, though. Obviously, the immortal blood reviving everyone is a big one. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even an accident. He shot that chalice out of Faisal's hand onto the ground. Like, shot? <laughs> yeah, good shot. But it wasn't like, oops, I bumped into you while I was trying to kill you. It was like, I wasn't trying to kill you. And I did that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think, how could he have known that the blood would have a yeah. mind of its own? <laughs> yeah, that, yes. What the fuck blood? <laughs> what the fuck blood? Like, just waltzing over to the exact right places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly very annoying. Right <laughs> that's very annoying. Well, also, does that mean that they have a sarcophagi for Faisal if he ever dies? Yeah, there must be, because I feel like, like, clearly, um, Marigan didn't have any friends. I don't think anyone, like, carefully buried him <laughs> in the crypt. So, Some he must have just popped there. So, there must be one for Faisal. We'll get him eventually. Also, I'm very confused as to how a spark grew between Ruya and Faisal. I feel like being together for 500 years is really difficult like you would probably hate the person for a while and then go back and forth like i don't think there's a true love that lasts 500 we years to, we need to get a relationship expert on the podcast yeah about multi-century affairs we do and whether or not they're healthy we need expert opinion yeah joe? very weird <laughs> any thoughts joe i have a w what the fuck hakan that's actually not part of the final confrontation when he stupidly brings Layla to the sister and expecting that Zainab will have just sat there once he locked her in. Yeah. Give her some damn morphine, okay? Like, girl <laughs> is dying from a gunshot wound to the gut and you can't just like stick her with a little morphine? That's ridiculous, what the fuck? Also just a general blanket, what the fuck? Again, we've said this before and we talked touched on it before we got into the vampire stuff, but like, in what universe do you people live where resurrecting something that is dead seems like a good idea? Like it, like you have to know that that's gonna lead to some weird shit. Something's gonna yeah, be off. true. Agreed. True. So agreed. Very true. I also want to reiterate my what the fuck from earlier. What was Hakan's dad's name? Nishit. Or the no, real, the real ones. Murat. What the fuck, Murat? for washing off all the protector blood down the drain as his family were being murdered. He could have resurrected all of them. Immortal I don't blood. think he knew, though. Oh, I, do, I do think that they did not know. How? Okay, then what the fuck, all of you, for being at this for 500 years and not knowing stuff still? Yeah. Like. Agreed. <laughs> but I, I think they, they kind of show it with, 
Well, like when when uh, Faisal's like, oh, is that all you know? Like that immortal blood will will or that protector blood will revive immortals. Like there's definitely a ton of stuff that they don't know. I, I feel like this class of loyal ones is a weak one. Like the current class that's like, <laughs> alive and working. Like this is not the best class they've had in half a millennium. I agree. They clearly lowered their admission standards. Yes. Well, I mean, they're only taking people based on. I think their family ties, right? Seems so. So we're like, maybe if you can coincidentally have a key tattoo, you're in. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I mean, that doesn't seem to work well for you. Given the like fatality rate of this profession, it's kind of wild that any loyal ones have survived till Enough today to if they can only be made yeah. from procreation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good point. Leads to some sketchy offspring. Probably the ones who weren't on the front lines, therefore not the bravest and smartest ones. Right. The ones that survive right. reproduction. It's anti-natural selection. Yes. <laughs> I, so I don't remember how much actual crying Hakan does. But I had a crazy mm. laugh encounter with one instance. Oh my god. <laughs> that yeah. crazy laugh was scary. Crazy yeah. laugh was a wild, especially because it's like, like, so she slid the knife to you, man, like, chill. Hilarious. Like, you're not winning. Yeah, that was, that was scary. That was freaking scary. <laughs> Do we have a cry encounter, though? Like, was there actual crying? Or was it I don't remember if I counted it. Well, there's the one at the at the start where he's like clearly crying, um, but yeah. I didn't see him cry again after that. Like he didn't. Cry, mean, did he cry when Layla died? I don't think. Oh so. yeah, he did cry. Yeah, he was like hysterical, and then he's crying in the house um, when they're pacing. He's like super angry, and she's like, "What are you hiding from me?" And that's what. What does he say when she asks, "What What are you hiding from me?" I don't remember. But Layla died. No, because he told her over the phone that Layla had died. Oh. Oh, that the immortal's blood can bring her back, maybe? It was something weird. Because I thought he was going to say, like, oh, I lost a dagger and a shirt. <laughs> something else. <laughs> it was specifically bur- burying Whoops. the lead there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did we do it? I think we did. I think so, yeah. Wow. Well. Thank you guys so much for listening to this final episode of the first season of The Protector. We'll be back with season two, episode one, and we're so happy that you're listening to us.